0: Hi, I'm Carrie, a stroke survivor and a BIND member, and I'm Kezia, a stroke survivor and member of BIND as well. And
1: welcome to Aphasia Part Two. Uh, for the next couple of episodes, we're going to be focusing on aphasia, um, since it is an a- of, since it is affections that are done to brain injury survivors. Um, if you don't know, aphasia is a language disorder uh, that affects a person that. Um, Person's ability to communicate. Yes, of course. Does. And for example, Kezia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <For>
0: example. <laughs> well, there you go. And today we welcome our other Carl with a K, who's actually Carl H. And you may remember Carl from again season one. He was our very first ge- as guest on the episode back in March, where he talked about what is brain injury. So, but today again, we're going to talk with him about his experience with aphasia and how his activi- the activism that he does to share what aphasia is to those that are not affected by aphasia. So welcome, Carl.
2: Well, thank you for having me. Welcome to Waves, the official podcast of the Brain Injury Network of Dallas. I'm Brian White, Bind's Executive Director. On each episode, we'll be providing insight into the brain injury community. We'll be talking to members and professionals regarding their stories and the important role of Bind's Clubhouse. We work as a team to inspire hope, community, and a sense of purpose to survivors, caregivers, and the public. Thank you for tuning in to Vine waves Let's get on with the show.
0: So our first question is, again, we know that we're not asking you the technical, but can you tell us what type of aphasia you're affected by and then explain to our listeners kind of what that means to you, how it affects you?
2: Mine is a mix. They have they have two kinds of major uh, assignments of what kind of aphasia you have. You have Broca's aphasia, which is the kind of aphasia where you leave words out. Like you want to say I, I'd like to have an apple and you just say I would like to have and nobody knows what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> um, Wernicke's aphasia is where you speak n- non-words. You just make up a word. It's like uh, instead of I want an apple, I want to Helicopter or you know, <laughs> it's just you're just not using the right words, or you're using words that you lisp, or you you are not speaking a word. So so, so I, I had both.
0: So I guess that'd be kinda of like why in the beginning your first word to everything was noodle.
2: I chose noodle was my only noun. <laughs> noodle was everybody was every place, every road, every planet was noodle. And my second noun was Potato. Mm-hmm. So that should tell you all you need to know about dear old Carl. And for our <laughs> listeners
0: that can't see, Carl's rubbing his belly because he's <laughs> <the> hungry. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, that's kind of funny. I, um, I didn't, I didn't know what, what happened to me in the hospital, but I could only say cheese and my brother's name, Emmanuel. That's that was it. That was it. But I knew I was saying the wrong words. I was like, I know. And then I would like end up like being mad or. Crying or something, but thank you for noodle (laughs) with my aphasia.
2: I was saying the wrong words, but I I could not hear myself saying those words. I heard myself saying, I would like to have an apple, and I'm I'm saying, Noodle, 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 you know. And and so, I did not hear myself saying the wrong thing, heard myself saying what I thought I was saying. So, I didn't look at people's eyes or staring at me like, What in the hell is he saying? I, I was saying, you don't understand me? And, and they're like,
1: no. <laughs> no. Don't know
2: what you're saying.
1: Yeah. Um, when you were informed about the aphasia, like, were you given all this information? And like, did you understand what was like explained to you at the time?
2: I did not even know the word aphasia. You don't grow up in high school learning about aphasia. <laughs> It was a, you know, you, you learn about cancer and heart disease and all these other maladies, but aphasia is not a word that you grow up learning about. And so I'm not sure I heard the word until well into my therapy with the speech therapist. They, they said, that's your aphasia work. And I go, what's that? You know, and that's what you have. You have the lack of communications. Now, aphasia is not just speech. Aphasia is a lack of reading and writing also. And I had all of that. And I always thought I had what's called global aphasia, which I thought was all four of those or all three of those: not able to read, not able to write, not able to speak. But global aphasia, you can't understand what other people are saying to you. I did not have that malady. I I can understand everything people said to me but I could not communicate back accurately.
1: Yeah. And I definitely um I totally understand with you too because when I was told that I have aphasia, it wasn't until I was like stroke happened to me in December, I didn't figure that out until like late February. And <laughs> like I was like, "All right, whatever that is." And then my family too, like no one had any idea what that meant or what that was or how, does that mean it's forever or like yeah that's what
2: you worry about yeah because you're not communicating you think is this forever right and now look at me yeah you can't shut me up
0: (laughs) that's true me too me too (laughs) yeah (laughs) all three of us have that affliction so yeah so while you were in rehabilitation after you after they told you you had aphasia so what kind of activities did the did you do to work on being able to communicate like so that you weren't just saying noodle
2: well, first the speech therapists would tell you to repeat after me. And and you didn't always do well with that even, you know, at the beginning. But they have you speak with them. They, they have conversations with you so that you start start working on reaching your words and uh, choosing the correct words and speaking without the lisp and, and so on and so forth. So... Uh, the speech therapists are your heroes. They're, they're, they're making you work hard to do what you need to do. But um, you you don't know what your losses are until they make you talk. So,
0: Right. Well, and I know you always tease, and I always bring this up because I know you a little bit too well, um, that they make you relearn the alphabet. And so you have to, like, say that, you know, they show you the letter, and then you have to pick the letter. And you say, if you say something in Z and F, you're going to be right eventually.
2: Yeah, I I got two letters right. They they had twenty six tiles. They put up the tiles and and say you know what's this letter, and I got P and Z correct. And I, all I can always say is if you answer P and Z often enough, eventually you're going to be right because I don't remember knowing any of the twenty six letters.
0: <laughs> oh my god, yeah, that's crazy. So yeah. how
2: could you be expected to read? or write right. if you can't, can't identify the letters them. of the alphabet Yeah, you know?
1: that's so interesting i didn't i thankfully didn't have that issue but i did have to i had an issue saying a b c d like in the order that it's supposed to be in um i had a great speech therapist and the other one was a little baby. He was like my little brother. He would come to to the hospital and be like A B C D, and like okay, cool. That's how he was my teacher. It was the best, and definitely I, the best. I had
2: to sing the alphabet in order to yeah. to do it. The, something about singing is different. Than than trying to talk. So when you're singing, I could sing A, B, C, D, E, F, G.
0: Ooh, look at that voice. (laughs) (laughs) Get him on American Idol.
1: My
2: mother was a a vocalist, so (laughs) she recorded.
1: Yeah, I totally get it. I think I feel the same way. I think Beyonce was like my, like that. I could talk when I'm I'm singing. Not really. But yeah, you know, trying. I I would do it. So yeah. But that's, those are great examples as to like when you were in rehabilitation and stuff but what about now like obviously it's been a while and you're so active so what are the uh, what is some of the things that you do now to like contribute and like continue your progress with aphasia
2: Well you know my aphasia is still here yeah. I'm speaking well and you hear me speaking well but I forget words and so every so often a a word that I want to To reach doesn't come. And I've been taught by the speech therapist so long ago, just choose a word that's similar. Or you can get some help by using similar words and reach out to the audience we're speaking to and say, can you help me? And then they'll find that word. You know, I I was born in Philadelphia. And somebody asked me not too long ago, what city were you born in? And I could not remember Philadelphia. How do you forget where you were born? How do you forget where you were raised? And uh, I was talking, I'm talking, I go, it's a city in Pennsylvania. Now, Pennsylvania is just as big a word as Philadelphia. (laughs) But as soon as I said it's in Pennsylvania, Philadelphia came to my head. So, So I still have aphasia. I still have the lack of finding words that I should know by heart. But it is it is an affliction, and it's they say forever. I hope not. I'm still working on it. I go out and speak to people. I speak to new patients and give them hope for the future. So as soon as I told them I couldn't speak a word when I initially had my problems, they just I see the eyes, and the ones that have aphasia, they, their eyes are specially, you know, wide open because they get, oh, I can get better. Right. That's the whole purpose. And
0: before I ask the next question, I'm going to take this moment to say, don't forget to hit that like button and that notify button if you're watching on YouTube. And remember to share with all your friends. And now back to Carl. So um, part of our, like, I feel like I know this, but one of our questions that we wonder about is, do you feel you've progressed or regressed? And I know you feel like you've progressed a lot. And you just mentioned some of your things with regressing and that you still haven't missed words. But I know you still you tell people that you still read the newspaper. You went from barely reading the newspaper to you read the entire newspaper, the real paper newspaper, every day.
2: Yes. Initially I could not read at all. I remember the speech therapist giving me saying, Read this paragraph to me. Couldn't start. Read this sentence to me. Okay, what's the first word? Okay, I see that you don't read. And so we had to we had to work on it. So Ever since those days when I had that lack of ability to read, I would go to the Dallas Morning News, which we get at the house every day, and I'd try and read a sentence. And yeah. it would take me ten minutes to get through a sentence, and and you know, in an hour to do a paragraph, you know. And so it was um, it was just hard, and I I did it every day, every day, every day. I started reading one article a day. I started reading a whole page a day. And now I read the entire paper every day and I still do that.
1: Yeah, I think that's awesome and I think that's I think on a personal basis, right? That's a great tool for you to be, hey, I'm going to continue doing this continuously all the time. You know, um and I think that's awesome that you read the real newspaper. <laughs> like I, I'm already very like wow. <laughs> like yeah, with the tiny little fonts. Really cool. Um, but, like, is there any any other tools that you think would be really great that you currently use or that you would like to add on to uh, really help you with the aphasia?
2: I think the whole goal to aphasia is persistence. You, you know, the problem with not being able to speak well is you get those eyes that I mentioned earlier. Somebody's looking at you like, what is wrong with this guy? And so you're apt to, to quit you just don't want to talk in public, and so you have to beat that. You have to you have to take it on personally that you're going to continue to talk to people and continue to work on it, and continue to work with that person you're talking to until yeah. you get it right. And uh, as long as you are persistent, it will you'll win. And I tell that to all the new patients. I say if you have aphasia, just keep going, right. keep going, don't stop. It, it, the brain is amazing. It, it reconnects to all those things you used to know. I always say, you know, they, they say you learn something new every day. Well, when you've had a brain injury, that something new you learn that day might be something you used to know right. before the brain True. injury. So uh, I just I just believe in that wholeheartedly.
0: Yeah, and I'm going to say this. I said it talking to other Carl earlier, you know, that our brain purpose is purpose purpose community hope purpose community i always do it backwards i might have still said it backwards but y'all know it doesn't matter i don't even have aphasia just a brain injury <laughs> um but so you have your purpose and going out and sharing about aphasia with the community as well as you also go and interact with the police officers association and talk to them about aphasia tell us a little bit about that and how you got involved doing that
2: well i'm not i can't take credit for starting it jim started it he was he had aphasia and he he heard about a story, and I'm going to tell the story about the Dallas Police. Um, a woman and her new husband were... were the, the new husband was fighting her son that she had with the first husband and they... She thought they were going to kill each other. And so she called 911 to have somebody come and help. And so she called 911, dialed 911, didn't talk because she knew she had severe aphasia and just... Put the phone down. I didn't know the police could find you uh-huh. as long as the phone is working. And apparently she did. I guess she saw enough, uh, you know, on, on the TV right. to to figure that out. So she put the the phone down and walked outside. Was pacing up and down on the sidewalk. And the police came and said, "Are you the one who called nine She nodded. They said, "What's going on?" She pointed at the house. They said, something's going on in the house. And she nodded again and said, what's going on? And she pointed at the house again because she didn't want to speak because of the aphasia. And uh, eventually they said, we've got to know before we can go in. And and she started to speak. She sounded like, you know, the lisping of the words, sounded like you've been drinking. They arrested her for being a uh, mis-calling an, an emergency. So, right. so she went to jail for 18 hours before they figured out she had aphasia. And, and so the police, Dallas police, now have an interest in understanding aphasia. I go speak about once a quarter to the new, the new uh, members, and I speak once a year to the existing members and uh, and and talk about aphasia and what it is and. My personal experience with being stopped by the police and having aphasia, I would pull out what I have on my, on my keychain. I have something that says, I have aphasia. It's not a lack of intelligence. It's a lack of ability to speak and uh, help them out.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: yeah. I think that's actually um, one of the questions, I think, given by different uh, listeners and followers was just like, how does aphasia affect your safety? And I think that was a great example, you know, like how it could be affecting it. But can you partake a little bit more on safety and having aphasia? And how do you respond to that?
2: Well, when you're alone, and you have aphasia, and you've got something you need to call somebody about, you're scared to death to make that call, because you don't think they're going to understand you, but you kind of have to do the call. So that that is a safety issue. If you're left by yourself and you have aphasia, you got serious problems. Use a computer if you don't have reading and writing problems to, to send your message. But Yeah. But you know, it it is what it is.
0: And maybe learn how to text back.
2: Well, I would have that would be helpful. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. So, um So they kinda of, well they kinda of answered it. Um
1: I know that you talk a lot to the police officers. Is there like other communities in which you speak to? Because I would really truly believe that you're like an activist as to like other brain injury survivors and talking for them and to people that are within the community that probably have no idea what you're speaking about or if that were even an issue. Do you speak to other parts of the community to do some more education? We've
2: been to churches, we've been to uh, um, community. Meetings that you know to tell them about aphasia i I don't know if you know, but there are there are at least two hundred thousand people in the Dallas Fort Worth area that have aphasia. Oh, wow. I never realized that until I heard it recently and uh, and so the odds of you running into somebody with aphasia are pretty good, and so you know we we just ask the people to understand aphasia and to take care of people that they know that have aphasia, that give them your phone number, and and if they call and they just start speaking badly, you just go to their house. Just go and, and find out what they need.
0: Right. Thank you. Yeah, and that kind of leads me to my next question that we were going to say. What would you like our listeners to kind of to know? Something specific. You kind of covered all this about aphasia but and how they should treat someone with aphasia, not just if they know someone that... If they call you and start punching numbers or talk gibberish, just go to them. But just the general public, when they run into someone with aphasia, that instead of just giving them the dead-eye look or, like, you look like you're crazy and don't know what you're talking about, so I'm not going to talk to you, what would you, I don't know, what kind of advice would you give to our listeners and to other people? Like, how should you react, treat?
2: If you see somebody that has aphasia, difficulty speaking, uh, the first thing that you do is give them time to answer your question or to to respond to you. They need time to find the right words. As I said, Wernicke's aphasia you you use the wrong words a lot of times, and and Broca's aphasia you don't you leave words out. So give them time to respond to what you've asked. Also, don't raise your voice, like you know. If I speak louder, you're going to understand me better. Right. That's, that doesn't help. Right. And it only, it only you know, gives anxiety to the aphasia patient. You know they, they have trouble with that. So give them time. Speak normally. And if you don't understand what they're asking you, ask them to repeat. Because aphasia patients are used to being asked to, to say it again. I'll, you know, maybe I'll understand it if you say it again, or use a different word, or something. And so, give them time, give them the ability to to uh, to repeat their their answer to you. So until you understand it, and don't don't pretend you understand it and answer something wrong that that upsets them that they didn't get their point across. So make sure you understand what they're saying. Repeat to them what you think they asked you. And they can nod and you say, okay, well, here's my answer.
1: Awesome. I think that was a great uh, way to end this conversation because that's great news. And honestly, everyone should be repeated that all the time. Consistently. Repeat, repeat, repeat. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) And thank you so much for joining us, Carl. Remember, this is Carl H. Part one was Carl K. But you can reach Carl H. if you have more questions for him or you're curious about having him come and speak to your group, your activity, or your listeners, If like the Police Officers Association or anything like that, you can reach him at info at org, and we will get him contacted to you. And, again, we'll put all of that information in the listener notes when we post the podcast. So this is Carl H. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks, Carl.
2: Again, thank you for having me.
0: Thank you so much for being
1: here. And like we also have shared, um, if you would like to contact us, the hosts of Bind Waves, you can contact us at our email um, at bindwaves at thebind.org.
0: And just one more time, don't forget to hit that like button, that share button, that subscribe button, and the notify button, and tell all your friends. And when you see us post on Facebook, go ahead and share that with your friends on Facebook. That would be awesome for us to get more listeners. So thanks for listening. Until next time. Until next time. We hope you've enjoyed listening to Bind Waves and continue to support Bind in our nonprofit mission. We support brain injury survivors as they reconnect into the life, the community,
1: and their workplace. And
0: we couldn't do that without great listeners like you. We appreciate each and every one of you. Continue watching until next time. Until next time.